0: Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 90 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share with a friend. Now let's get fired up today with our guest, Alexis, and I hope our chat will help you your passion towards a STEM career. Alexis has a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering and a master's in robotics from the University of Pennsylvania, and is currently focusing her PhD research in the social and physical, human-robotic interaction, and working on the HuggyBot. Welcome to the show, Alexis, fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Uh, What you said is great. Uh, My final degree will be a PhD in computer science from ETH Zurich, and I'm pursuing that through the Center for Learning Systems, which is a joint program between ETH Zurich and the Max Planck Institute for Intelligence Systems.
0: All right. Thanks for that, Alexis. And I guess let's get right in here. because So you've got a a, a solid degree in mechanical engineering and robotics, but you're going to get your PhD in computer science. How are you able to get a computer science degree when all of your background has been mechanical?
1: That is a great question. And uh, if you had told me in high school that I would be working towards a PhD in computer science, I never would have believed you. I actually took my first coding class only second semester of my freshman year of college. So I really just kind of happened into this. Um, I took my first coding class in college, and it was very difficult but extremely rewarding. And throughout my degree, my courses incorporated more and more programming, and my master's degree in robotics really was a full integration of mechanical engineering, electrical engineering, and computer science. So by the end of that, I feel like I really had a good foundation in these three fundamental elements. And, um, you know, robotics is an extremely dis- uh, interdisciplinary degree. So um, what department you end up in is really dependent on where the university wants to place robotic students.
0: In in the world of robotic, you're focusing on the social, physical, human, robot interaction. And you, you've got a. To working on a, a robot called a HuggyBot. Can you help STEM Nation understand what that really means from that social-physical interaction?
1: That is a very niche field that I'm really interested in. And it works equally on how the robot physically interacts with a person and how the people react to this interaction with the robot. How do they perceive it? How do they approach a robot? And things like that. So I'm working, I have developed... This robot that I'm calling HuggyBot, I designed, built, and program it. And it's every, every component. How will it feel? How will it look? How will it move? And then the other side, the psychology. How will people think about this robot? How will they perceive this motion? And what will they think its intent is? And how will it affect them personally? And so what's very interesting about this is it's the social aspect. How will they connect to it? and the physical aspect, how will they interact with it? It needs to be soft, it needs to be warm, it needs to feel good to touch. And that's something that's, I think, very exciting and new with robotics is for a long time, robotics was, you know, draw a line, a box around a robot's workspace and say, if you enter this zone, you could be in danger of being hit by the robot. And now this is bringing humans and robots closer together than ever before both physically and emotionally.
0: So Alexis, did you, have, did you take any uh, psychology classes then through your curriculum?
1: I really am wishing that I did. No, I, unfortunately I didn't, but I have since read a lot of papers um, and learned quite a lot, and it's a very, very interesting field.
0: So Alexis, you know, you got the the interaction with a robot. What are some things that you think STEM Nation would be interested in hearing about, about some some of the things that you learned while researching the social interaction of a robot?
1: So there were a few interesting results that I got from a previous experiment that I ran. Um, People prefer when robots are warm, and they prefer when robots are soft, which was pretty much what I expected. What I was surprised to find was that People really preferred being squeezed somewhat tightly by a robot, whereas I thought they might prefer the robot to keep a comfortable distance and not squeeze them. I thought they might be maybe afraid of the robot hugging them too tightly. And another very funny thing uh, for the experiment, the robot would lift up its arms and ask for a hug. It would say, can I have a hug, please? And it would wait three seconds uh, before closing its arms for the hug, which was approximately the amount of time it took a person to walk towards the robot. And I had maybe about half of my participants, even though they knew the robot would ask the question every time and would not respond, and they knew the robot was programmed to hug after three seconds, they would always respond to the robot, and they anthropomorphized it. And I thought that was really sweet and really endearing. And people really thought that the robot was caring and comforting and a very much a social agent, which was a really positive um, result to get out of this experiment.
0: So, Alexis, you used a word that my simple brain just doesn't understand, which was anthropom- uh, you You'll have to say it because I can't even say the word. <laughs> and what does that mean?
1: Anthropomorphize is when you associate human characteristics to an inanimate object.
0: All right, thanks for that. Thanks for clearing it up and uh, hopefully I can remember that. So, Alexis, what what is your your goal after you get through your research with robotics?
1: That's a good question. I'm still I'm still working on that, and I think that at this stage it's okay. I've always been really interested in the idea of becoming a professor, and I think that's something that I still want to pursue. I really love teaching and I've always worked as a tutor and I love working with students and helping them understand concepts that are initially difficult for them. And I love the idea of being able to continue doing research. Um, Another thing that's been newly introduced to me is this idea of research in industry. Many large companies have research and development departments um, that, you know, fund researchers to look into new ideas and new projects. So Um, give me a little bit of time and I'll let you know.
0: Yep. And I don't think you have to decide, you know, things will come about that you don't even realize are out there yet. So not a problem. And what are some, some, some applications I'll say for the Huggy Bot? Where, where, where are you thinking that would actually fit into society?
1: There are, I think a lot of really wonderful applications for a Huggy Bot. Um, first off the top of my head, I am currently working in Europe, but I am American, so my entire family is still living in the U.S. So things for separated friends and family to help you feel closer to loved ones, I think that might be a really nice application. Think of it, it could be used on college campuses where there are large numbers of students who maybe don't live in the even um, country as the rest of their family. And when they experience difficult times, maybe think exam period, sometimes all you might want is a hug from mom or dad to help you get through that time. Or in nursing homes, Because some people, elderly patients in nursing homes, have one of the highest levels of depression of any demographic group. And this could really help because primarily that's caused by not having friends and family visitors enough. Um, So that kind of human connection through the medium of a huggy bot might be really beneficial. It could also be used for rehabilitation, either as a motivational tool, do a few more repetitions and get a hug from HuggyBot, or it could also be used as a form of rehabilitation itself for people with maybe upper arm or shoulder injuries.
0: So Alexis, you've got a bachelor's degree and and a master's degree from the University of Pennsylvania in the U.S., and then you went on to do research in Switzerland. How did you go about going from the U.S. to Switzerland to do research and go for your Ph.D. there?
1: I actually did my first year in Germany, and this is an interesting story. I was extremely lucky to find an advisor who I really clicked with, worked well with, and who I really admired and respected, and who admired and respected me in return. So when she told me during my master's year, she was actually my master's thesis advisor, that she had become the director of the Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems in Stuttgart, Germany. I was a little disappointed that she would be leaving halfway through my degree, but this opened up the opportunity for me to continue doing research with her for my PhD. So I actually went and visited and applied for a PhD through the Center for Learning Systems. So I did my first year of my PhD in Germany with her. I'm now on my second year in uh, and so I'm doing that in ETH Zurich in Switzerland. I'll be here through December. So I've spent a year and a half in Switzerland total. And then I'll go back to Germany to finish my degree with her.
0: All right. Sounds like a you took advantage of the opportunities that came your way. And Alexis, what was what would a typical day look like for you?
1: One of the things that I love most about doing research is that every day is so different. One day I could be purely a mechanical engineer and work just on building the structure of my robot uh, another day I might be more working on electronics and wiring and circuits or I could be coding all day or as we uh, know is more likely probably debugging yeah. um, but <laughs> yes. lately I've been <laughs> lately I've been uh, writing papers reading papers and um, and trying to learn new things. Um, and, and other days I could be running human subject studies, you know, kind of unleashing my robot onto people and seeing what they do, what they don't do, what they like. Um, so no two days are the same. Um, I could talk to a lot of people in one day or I could talk to no one. Um, and I love that flexibility. I could never be bored. So it's really it's an exciting thing to be able to do.
0: So, Alexis, we're going to change gears here a little bit. And what is one thing that really has you fired up today?
1: I'm really excited about the opportunities to use robotics for social good to help people in their daily lives, whether that is through physical rehabilitation or developing a robot to be a caregiver, a cook, or a cleaner, or even just using robotics to make people smile. There are so many um endless opportunities and and ways that we can use robotics, which is something I'm really passionate about, to improve people's lives, make them happy. um, And that's also something that I'm really excited about. So to combine these two things just is very, very exciting for me.
0: Yep, I'm looking forward to Jeff's butler provided by Alexis's HuggyBot. And... It's story time, Alexis. Could you take us to a time of an incredible aha moment you had, something that might help STEM Nation?
1: My freshman year of high school, my biology teacher told us that we were required to do a science fair project, and we would have to compete at a regional fair, and if we were lucky enough, we could qualify for the state fair, and if we were lucky enough, from that, we could go to Intel ISEF, the International Science and Engineering Fair. And I was fortunate enough to qualify and attend, and this is the moment that really changed my life. They make these kids feel like rock stars. In one short week, you really learn that STEM is really cool. Um, And that was exactly what I needed to be hearing at that age. I had been hearing how nerdy it was to go to ISEF and girls aren't good at science or math and they aren't cool or cute if they're interested in it, which is not true, by the way. And attending the International Science and Engineering Fair just completely invalidated all those things I had been hearing and showed me really just how cool it is to be nerdy
0: yeah and and I've heard that from other folks as well and um about how you know it's not cool for for girls to be in stem and and that's just not true so i'm I'm glad you brought that out, Alexis.
1: Thank you. It's definitely not true, and I think girls really need to hear it that it's there's nothing cooler than being nerdy and being a woman in stem
0: yes. And, you know, to get into an actual STEM career, you kind of got to get through college, not always, but most of the time. So let's transition to back a couple of years ago for you, Alexis, when you're heading off to college. What are some things that you wish you knew back then that would help STEMers launch into college successfully?
1: There's a few things. I think first and most importantly would have been to not be scared to take risks and to try new things because that's exactly what college is for. I mentioned earlier that I took my first programming class the second semester of college, and I was so nervous and just overly worried about doing well in the course. But what was more important were the skills and the knowledge that I gained from it it was definitely worth all of the stress and and i almost wish that i had you know really taken a few more courses that were outside of my comfort zone because that's the time to try new things and 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 not worry about it so take risks follow your interests and and you know don't play it safe just to get the good grade and and i think i have one more thing would be that i really had to change my mindset when i started college In high school, it was, you know, very easy to be the smartest one without trying. And I was shocked to suddenly be in a situation where I was surrounded by people who were just so much smarter than I could ever be. And, you know, it took me longer than I'm proud to admit to realize that I needed help. I needed to be spending more time studying and less time getting coffee with friends. Um, and, you know, there's no shame in asking for help. And most universities have phenomenal tutoring services available, often for free, to any student who's just willing to ask. So... Um, Just seeking out the services at your university as soon as you realize that you're having difficulties because, I mean, that just completely changed my world. Once I had somebody just explain a topic in a slightly different way, so many things clicked into place for me and I ended up doing so much better once I was able to just swallow my pride and, and ask for help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You, you, STEM nation you, you got to ask for help in college. And, you know, maybe not, but you know, Alexis saying that she, you know, high school came easy to her. Right, she didn't have to do a whole lot of studying. She did really well. And you get to college, and you're not going to be the smartest person in college, more than likely. And you got to go seek that help to be successful. And and part of the things that Alexis was talking about. You know, taking a hard class, it's not necessarily, you know, the grade that you get. It's what you learn and actually who you become as a person taking these difficult classes. So, thanks for that, Alexis. And it is lightning round time. Are you ready? I'm ready. The best piece of advice you've ever received
1: don't let anybody tell you that you can't.
0: And a personal habit that contributes to your success.
1: I try and take several times a week. Uh, to go out and whether it's take an exercise class or go for a walk just something that helps me clear my head shift my attitude if i've had a bad day um, and then come back to work refocused re-energized because a lot of times your mind will work on solving problems even when you're not consciously thinking about them but if you're sitting at your computer all day you're not doing good for your body you're not doing good for your mind so you need to just get up, move around, and come back to it with a fresh perspective.
0: Absolutely. And a favorite internet resource or phone app?
1: Spend way too much time on Instagram and Facebook, but I live and die by my iCal. I put everything in there from meetings to reminders to stay hydrated and drink water.
0: And one book you would recommend?
1: Getting More by Stuart Diamond. This is a book written by my professor of a negotiations class that I took through the Wharton Business School, and it is absolutely outstanding. It has helped me in every aspect of my personal and professional life. Um, People spend, I think, way too much time on their phones and computers. They've forgotten how to connect with each other. And almost always taking the time to make a personal connection with the person you're negotiating with will make a huge positive impact towards your desired outcome.
0: All right. Thanks for, for everything, Alexis, so far. And you know, for STEM Nation, if you're interested in, in mechanical engineering or robotics or the computer science that Alexis is doing, reach out to her on LinkedIn. Her LinkedIn link is in the show notes. So click on that and say, hey, I heard you on the STEM on Fire podcast, and I want to connect with you. And as we shut down, Alexis, could you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation? And then we will say goodbye.
1: I think just to reiterate, asking for help doesn't make you weak. It shows how incredibly courageous and driven you are.
0: All right. And Alexis, with that, we will say goodbye.
1: Thank you so much. It was really great talking with you. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show.
0: And thank you, Alexis. And I hope you enjoyed that chat today. You can head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player, and share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion in STEM.